Traveling the Vortex. We have joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed episode number 251. Much like the universe, this podcast is full of testosterone. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Full Very of testosterone. Cool. <laughs> Did you guys have a good week? I did, yeah. Yep. What's in the news, Keith? Some good news this week. John Hurt's cancer is in remission. Yay! Yay. He had recently had a final scan, and his oncologist said it was it's all gone brilliantly. He's overjoyed. He's thrilled. It all looks great for the future. It's fantastic, he says. We are very excited about that. I think there's still a lot of good years in John Hurt. Yes. And he seems to be making kind of this this renaissance resurgence as far as as things that he's doing and it's more because we you know we've seen him come to um doctor who as of recently he was olivander in in the uh harry potter films and so he's seen a real resurgence in in pop culture uh level uh things has he ever really gone away though well for some as far as as far as mainstream pop culture i think he has because he was you know kind of big in the 80s and 90s I think they're in the late nineties, early two thousands. You didn't see him in a lot of like big feature films, um, and then I think when he was cast as Ollivander, that kind of brought him back up. And obviously, too bad he didn't have Doctor a bigger role as Ollivander. Now that's that's from American perspective. and the voice of the Sorting Hat. Yeah, that's that's from a, a American really perspective sense. because I, in the UK they've probably seen him doing projects for years and years because he's done more of those more uh, what would be mainstream over there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, here we're, I think we're starting to see a reassertion. Yeah. Well, I, I think starting back from Hellboy up. Hellboy. Was, yeah. Yeah. It was where he started cause it was Hellboy, View for Vendetta and then. Oh, I forgot he was in View for Vendetta though. Yeah. That was the, uh, early 2000s. Yeah. That was 2006, I think. But around the time that he started with Harry Potter too. Yeah. So. He's a brilliant actor and I want him to live a long time. I do too. <laughs> Especially since now they can, Jones, they've got the him doing like some, uh, yeah, um, doing some uh, mainstream uh, or doing some mainstream, doing some uh, more big finish. So yeah, yeah. That's it for news. Shall we move on to our Doctor Who legacy tip of the week? Dan sent in a f- Doctor Who legacy tip of the week up to us. He says, "Hey guys." It's been a while since I've sent some proper feedback, and this still isn't it. <laughs> but I feel bad when you don't have a Doctor Who Legacy tip of the week. Here's something I've been doing that just that I've been doing that works for me. This is how I've managed my teams, knowing that the character's experience needs to be needs certain fragments to advance at 10, 20, 30, 40, and now 50. I've separated my characters by rank. I have a team for one through nine, a team for ten through nineteen, another for twenty through twenty-nine, and so on. I try to use each color of a character, red, yellow, blue, black, green, to fill out the team, if possible. And yes, I have purchased a few extra uh, team slots to do this. As the individual characters build up their experience to the max, I will upgrade them if I have the uh, fragments available. Then, upgraded or not, I put them back into holding and swap in another character that needs a similar level of game experience. The same goes for the other teams. As a character reaches level 30, back they go, and I look for another 20-something, and of the same color if I can. I'll use the lower-ranked teams to farm for fragments on the level 20, 
or I'll play whatever section offers bonus experience points and work them up the levels. They also, this also gives me a chance to grab some odd character or costume that I missed the first time through. The same goes for rank 20 and 30 teams in the more difficult levels. Ranks 40 and 50 became the basis of my tank teams, as Sean coined the term already. This eventually gives the tank teams a diverse pool of abilities for me to choose from. Then I have some character experience working with each character. I have some experience working with each character and how to use them with other characters. Example, one character changes gems to yellow, and another increases all yellow gems by 15. Hey, a bonus tip. <laughs> Eventually, I'd like to send you a Doctor Who, th- uh, a summary of the local Doctor Who theme night held at one of our local restaurants. So much fun. Thanks again, guys, and keep up the great work. Seriously, I look forward to the podcast each week. Your listener in central Illinois, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Thanks Dan. for that tip, and uh, that's our Doctor Who legacy. Do you want to talk about it? I think it's a great tip. It is a great I tip. Think it's a yeah. really good way to go. About I never thought that. about uh, like setting teams up at, at tiered levels. That's kind of a clever idea. Yeah, I've done. I think we. Well, I think we've all kind of done variations of that with just leveling up individual characters and swapping them out on a on yeah. a team, but not building the team from yeah, the ground no. up. What specifically I, to handle normally what I do teams. is I bring in you know three level fifty or above now. Uh, teammates, and then I stack two lower ones on there just to get their ranks up. But I've never thought about having level, you know, several different tiers of levels, and then swapping out once they get to that level, and you know, and that 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 same, and and in the identical color. I never would have thought of that. Yeah, that's a good idea too. So, because then you can play through different uh, uh, characters that have different abilities and learn those abilities that you may have, you know set aside for years and, and you just you don't you don't really oh, haven't played yeah. with those abilities suddenly you're forced to play with those abilities and learn them and know what they do and see what their advantages are when you actually get them to another team so it's a good idea it's a very good idea it's a really good that's your Doctor Who legacy tip of the week well shall we move on to feedback first up in feedback is Robert Nope. <laughs> yeah, it is. First up in feedback is Robert. Robert writes. Hey, guys. I sent feedback for 250, but it might not have gotten through. I was having email problems on my end. First, I wanted to say how great it was to see the three of you at Time Eddie. I'm glad that you had such a good time and were able to meet everyone you wanted to meet. Thanks for letting me sit on our podcast on your dis- excuse me. <clears throat> Thank you for letting me sit in on the podcast discussion you had on Sunday morning. A few days after the con, I went to KPTS, the Wichita PBS station for those outside Kansas. I was there to get information about the airing of Who back in the 1980s and 90s. And uh, I and a friend there looked through the program guides. I was able to put together a picture of what aired at what times. I did this for a site called Broad Broad WCast. He's got it. B R O A D, capital D W. Oh, I get it. Broad Doctor Who Cast. There you go. Um, Broad Doctor Who Cast. The site. The site. I'm putting together information on when who aired around the world. You may have heard of. You may have heard Stephen of RFS talking about it. I encourage you, all, everyone else, to help out with the site if you can. Here's the site address, and then I'll include that into the show notes. Uh, that's all for now, Robert. Well, that's cool. I'd never even heard of that. Yeah, me neither. Uh, 
Robert went to my spam mail for some reason. Ah. <laughs> Not spam. There we go. <laughs> and That explains uh, why you couldn't find it. That's why I couldn't find it. And, and uh, uh, it'll be late now, but happy birthday, Robert. Yes. yes, happy birthday. And it was great to see you at Time Money, too. Up next in feedback is Holly. Holly writes, The Girl Who Died. Hey guys, I have to say I loved this episode. The sonic glasses are no more. Makes me wonder if the doctor is going to come up with another pair of sonic glasses, sunglasses, or make himself a new sonic screwdriver, or go without anything sonic for a while. I'm also liking, what's her name? A, sh- a shielder? A shield. A shield. A shield. A shield. A shield. Yeah, a shield. The R is silent. A, I don't think it was a duh, was there? Or was it a, a, a shield? A shield. <clears throat> a shield. Well, I kept, I kept thinking they were calling her shield. Yeah, I, I did too. And it wasn't until later in the episode that they were putting the uh at the beginning of it. I think it's a shield. Okay. It just spelled weird. Maisie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> the interactions that she had with both Claire and the Doctor were great. We also got to hear the Doctor speaking baby. We got to reverse the shielder, polarity. A shielder. A shielder. A shielder. Yeah, it, the R is there. Yeah, okay, it is there. It is a shielder. Okay. She spelled it right. I, I just thinking, didn't know. Yeah, it. I kept thinking they were calling her shielder and then realized that they were saying a shielder. Yeah, shielder. Uh, reverse the polarity of the neutron flow line and also a tie back to the fires of Pompeii. Also, was it just me or did Odin look a little like the pirate captain from the pirate planet episode in the key to time series? It's that eyepiece. Well, I wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this episode and looking forward to what lies ahead for next week's episode. Holly from Wisconsin. And thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. We'll get to our reviews momentarily. And finally, Chrissy. Chrissy writes, R.I.P. Sonic Sunglasses. Sort of. Dear Vortex Boys, first thing I thought when that one Viking snapped the Sonic Sunglasses was, well, that'll make people happy. (laughs) And then pieces became sort of a plot point, but it wasn't too bad. Anyway, the girl who died. I quite liked this episode. It felt like a one-off story with the fake Odin and the robots attacking the Viking village. That was all kinds of silly and just plain fun. And I like it when Doctor Who indulges in silliness once in a while. Makes a nice break from the heavy stuff. But then we have the super serious turn with the death of... A shielder. A shielder. <laughs> I'm not even sure if I spelled that right, she says. <laughs> she put the R on the end. So did, so did Holly. Sorry. Yeah, she put E-R on the end. Yeah. yeah that's, what, that's what triggered my brain. Went, oh no, she's right, it's a shielder. And the doctor turning her into a not-Time Lord. At first I thought... She had become a Time Lordish human with the ability to regenerate, kind of like River. But then I decided that wasn't what happened, so who knows. Also, love the explanation they gave for the 12th Doctor having the face of, of someone he's met before. Not only met, but saved from a fixed point in time. Pompeii was, a, was clearly a pivotal moment for the Doctor, and I like that they managed to incorporate that into, in the story. This also gives me an excuse to show my boyfriend the fires of Pompeii. He's been watching Series 9 with me. And he's enjoying it so far. We binge-watched Series 8 in, on our first three dates. He really likes Peter Capaldi. He hasn't had a chance to see much of the 12th Doctor and Donna, so tenth. I need to fix that. Tenth. Or 10th Doctor and Donna, so I need to fix that. All in all, an enjoyable episode with a great first half of this story. Can't wait for next week's conclusion. See you all next week. Chrissy. Is she coming here? Yeah. I guess oh, so. All right. Well, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you next week, too, Chrissy. Your couch is free, right? 
Sure. If she wants to stay on a couch, she can. We got we got room. I got a couch upstairs and a couch downstairs. Oh, there you go. Two couches. Yeah. You can push them together and make a big bed. Why we have to take the upstairs couch downstairs? Because the reason the couch downstairs is down. No, yes, because the reason the couch downstairs is downstairs is because we couldn't get the couch that's upstairs into the downstairs. So that's why it's upstairs, and the couch from upstairs went downstairs originally. So we have to go up or down? Up. Uh, couch downstairs has to go upstairs. Well, then that's not going to work at all. Forget I said anything. If it was down, I would totally come over and help. Oh, I see. I, see. <laughs> I would just, yeah. I would just push well, and jump on. If it's any consolation, the, the couch downstairs lighter than the couch upstairs because that couch upstairs is a sleeper sofa. Oh, oh we don't oh. have to. We, we don't have to put it together. We just pull the stuff out. <laughs> I'm glad I can help you jog your memory. Uh, about I have the a sleeper going. sofa. Well, we've only used it like once because <laughs> we Caitlin had a sleepover. It's, it's a sleeper sofa, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> there should be more violins on television. <laughs> All right. Shall we move on to our review? What are we reviewing? The Girl Who Died. Sort of. Captured by Vikings, the Doctor and Clara must help protect their village from space warriors from the future. The Mire. Outnumbered and outgunned, their fate seems inevitable. So why is the doctor preoccupied with a single Viking girl? Dun, dun, dun! Sure. Oh, Glenn didn't like it. Hi, oh, yeah, it was good. It was good. It wasn't the best story this season, but it was good. No. This, this it was is, enjoyable. This, it, 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 this is my least favorite out of the season. No. Yeah. If, if, no, it is. It's, no. My, it's, it's my least favorite out of this season. It was still good. Was, I had a lot of fun. Still... I had a lot of fun watching it, but then walking away from it, it was like... Well, that was that. Yeah. Uh, coming up, we'll tell you why way. they're wrong. I was kind of that as that. <laughs> and no, I, I, I enjoyed he, it, and, and there was nothing wrong with it. It just, maybe because the last, we, we've reached a point in the series so far, four episodes down, two stories. And while next week looks like, well, next week is going to be tied in, it looks, this felt more like a standalone story than it, anything else. This is, this is the non-traditional two-parter. Yes, because very the first two were very cliffhangery, very two parterish. This one, yes, it really did feel like it's 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 the it's obviously the part part of a st- bigger story arc. But the the next episode could be later this season. It doesn't have to be next. Could be, yeah, it, it is. But it could, yeah, it could, yeah. it could be. Um. So yeah, that was that was a neat element. I, I what was quite interesting to me was I, I really liked the premise. I liked the setup. Um, I like that all of the warriors in this one village are dispatched immediately. <laughs> <laughs> because and, Vikings, you think of great yeah, warriors. And that this Odin character, this fake Odin, is actually basically drinking their t- testosterone and, and, and strength from them. And that's the idea of it. And I like that the weak that are left behind have to rise up and, and, and battle. And I like the, I, I love the whole idea. What was weird to me is it really felt like, for me, it felt like about a 30-minute episode. It was. It felt really short. Short because you kind of get to the climax of everything right away. Yeah. He sort of figures out what he's going to do. You get that what big he needs fight. to do. Mm-hmm. And when he realizes that the eels are going to be the, they're the MacGuffin. They're going to be the thing that, <laughs> that they use to take these guys down. Fix all. And then it just happens. And there's there's no there's there doesn't seem to be any ramifications. There's no surprises. And then they're dispatched. And he runs off. And they've they've 
tricked him, and they're you know he they they won't he won't run they out won. he won't run out and tell people, which was awesome because the doctor was so worried about if he changes this, if he does beat them, it's they run off, and then they, they because it. there's uh, uh, tales of 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 the uh, conflict that people would come back here earlier than they normally do in the progress of time, and so he's trying to figure out how to, and he does it, and he dispatches them in a perfect way as far as making the recording of them being you know scared of a puppet which i thought was great <laughs> and and then it's, it's done and it's over and you're thinking yay and they're celebrating and you're like huh that was easy and unusual and then they drop the heavy and yeah. when she's died and she's in the mask and then i thought aha here's what the this was what this is what i didn't see coming i really didn't even from the title the girl that died <laughs> i didn't see that coming. i forgot about the title halfway through. and so when that happens, then I, I think that kind of really ramped the my expectation of, of the episode up, and I, I, I like from that point on, and the solution and the and him going to the whole remembering why he or, yes, or, or knowing that was the why best part of the, episode. the face that's why he took chose that face, face chose yeah. that face is because it was a reminder that yeah he can do <laughs> he can which, break the rules every once in a while which is so great on the heels of the 50th and everything that we he went through in the growth of the character so perfect yeah <clears throat> so it uh, so i really <coughs> liked that and i liked the fact that he he brought the gallifrey mid pack <laughs> and uh, revamped it so that it would you know okay i wasn't quite sure where that way. came from I, I, it, I, I only got to watch this episode once it was gallifrey and it was from he took it out of the helmet okay that's what i the, thought um, yeah, he said it came out of my helmet. Or no, the helmet. The helmet. The, the, oh, the, 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 well, then I thought he said. Then I thought he said it was a Gallifreyan med pack. I thought he called it Gallifreyan med pack. I don't think so. And then he said he re. Oh, maybe it was their med pack then. Yeah. So because he, he pulled it out of the warrior. Okay, so he helmet, must have said that. And then, well, anyway, giving her the med pack and uh, giving her that, bringing her back to life, and then I thought, oh, okay, that was really kind of clever because. My first thought was, okay, he's going to go get in the time. He's going to get in the TARDIS, and he's going to change time. Well, that's what he's been trying to avoid this whole time. Yeah, but he decided, so okay, I can break a rule every once in a while. So then I thought, okay, well, that's what he's going to do. But then when he gets the med pack and puts it in her, then I was like, oh, that's perfect because then he's only changing that one event. He's only changing that one life. It's much like um, Pompeii, where he didn't really change. He changed history, but he didn't. He did it in such a subtle way that it was yeah. more of a ripple and not a tidal wave. And I thought, this is perfect. It's, it's worked out just right. Now, it's obviously going to have ramifications down the road. We're going to see that happen. But um, So I like that. It was, that was a cool aspect. And then he gave her the second one, and I thought, why is he giving her another one? What would she need that for? And then when he as, kind as of explains as he, it. As soon as he dropped the line of, it'll keep healing you, I knew, oh, that's why he gave it. Well, it, yeah, none of that was a surprise it, to me. It at kind all. Of, when he when he when he gave it to her, he even he even says for somebody else or somebody she chooses, and I kind of thought, aha! So that's so if she meets somebody. So I thought it out, and if that meets somebody, she can give it to them. They can live a long life together because that's something that the doctor doesn't get. And yeah. so I thought that's very cool. And then it solidified it when he when he explained it to to Clara. And so I've always, that, I've always so liked the, that. I really really liked about this. So that made that episode. Yeah, like, whoa, that was really cool. But it was that whole first part that was a lot of fun, and I quite enjoyed. But then it was just kind of, well, okay, so that happened. (laughs) But the the end of it really made the payoff of it. But overall, it wasn't a gripping from beginning to end like all the other episodes have been. And then the the great reveals. I absolutely loved the reversing the polarity line. (laughs) I loved it. 
Yeah. And I love that he, he what does he say after that? Uh, that he, that just kind of like shoves it aside. Like that, that uh, how do you, what did he say? Something to the effect of don't know what it means. It just sounds yeah, good. Don't know what it means, but it sounds good. And I thought, oh, that is such a clever line. <laughs> it's like, we're dropping this in here, but it doesn't mean a damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, and the 2,000-year diary. The 2,000-year diary was a nice uh, fan fan moment. I'm really talking all excited about this episode. Like, it was the greatest episode of the season, but it just it was it was it, fun. It, it was, was yeah, it was a lot of fun. It, the tone I didn't felt like, like the prologue. I uh, did the, I, not the uh, first prologue, but the second prologue we got for the whole series. Oh, the uh, magicians of no uh, the, the, the doctor's meditation. meditation. Yeah, yeah. doctor's meditation. I kind of wish we'd gotten Maisie Williams as a modern person. I would like to see her. Not being a period piece, <laughs> I want to see her act in modern day setting. I think we will. I think it's well, coming. Although it seems the it's, the, the it's next not, ones not not yeah. current modern day. Yeah, I just I just that just struck me while watching the episode was she really got typecast, didn't she? Except for I don't think she did. Because well, I think she's going to get to do more. What's her character's name in Game of Thrones? It keeps escaping me. Arya. Arya. Okay, so Arya is like this real. Badass now, okay. She's but like, she got to grow you, to that. But yeah, she did. So this is shades of Arya from early Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm so s- sitting there, and she's like all worried and scared and everything. I'm like, this is the Arya I know. This is the Arya I know. <laughs> then I have to go. Oh, this is Doctor Who. This is, this is Game of Thrones. See, I don't want Arya. I don't want to have to remind it's, myself it's that it's not Arya. <laughs> I know, but he can't help it now because she's such a phenomenal part of Game of Thrones. So I keep not- watching her going. No, that's she's not Arya. <laughs> if she's not in period, you would you might not have yeah, that. That could problem. be. That could be. I don't well, know. Game she of Thrones isn't really period either. Uh, not really. <laughs> it's fantasy. So. It's fantasy. Period. Fantasy. Uh, they don't have electricity or anything. That's period. But, but she did a great job in the in the role. I thought um, with that fear of it's and, period as as much as like the Middle Earth, Earth films are. <laughs> that's not a period piece either. Sure it is. It's fantasy. Rivendell did not have electricity. No, they didn't. But that <laughs> doesn't make it. Does not make it a period piece. Did they travel by horseback? Period piece. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the definition. Was was there an inn with a wooden sign dangling out the front? Period piece. Yeah, no, not period piece. Doesn't work. Was it set in modern times? Yes. They're modern for times. them. No. <laughs> This we're, Doctor Who. We yes, are the West that they have gone into. When he says, I'm, I, we're going to go into the West. We are the West. No. Yes. <laughs> have you seen a map of Westeros? Yes. Well, they're not. Uh, well, yeah. It's nothing like any part of topographical uh, Earth well, at all. It, that's my point exactly. That's not- Continental drift has changed. <laughs> it's a period piece. No, it took place before Pangea. Yeah. Or it took place during Pangea. Yeah. Well, see, then that would have been that would have been far advanced as to where they came after the continents divided, because then they would have had to have regressed because we were very primitive. They did. The Obvi- obviously, we, the dragons come out and wipe everyone out. Ah, <laughs> is that it? <laughs> we got to climb back out of the ooze. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. It's not a period piece. Do you not know your history? <laughs> very well. Apparently, you don't. <laughs> 
What's the, what's, what's the one that begins the seventh age? I mean, th- th- this, yeah. Extinction events happen. The world changes. You move on. Not period piece. Only for Pete's sake. Period piece. Anyway. So here's why you're wrong. This is a great episode. Not just fun. Not just cool. Not just, yeah, I liked it. No, this is a great episode. In fact, maybe not Magician's Apprentice level awesome. Well, you're going to have to convince me why it but, was better but, than anything but, this season. But, but, but that good. It, I, now, I will say it was a great character growth for the Doctor. And that's what I, I agree with that. Admittedly, a lot of where I think this is great does hinge on the potential of what winds up happening in yeah. the next episode and because it, of the what happens in the next episode might make this great. I agree. Yeah, um, but I, I first of all the tone is is phenomenal. It's a fun episode to watch. Yep. I enjoy the romps, and I think Jimmy Matheson did a, a, just a, a a knockout job giving us something that. Could have been, I don't know, could have been a Stargate episode, could have been a this episode. Could have, I mean, we've got fake Odin up in the sky, which, man, I really wish we'd have gotten Brian Blessed for that. That would yeah. have been so <laughs> They cool. tried. I know, but. He had something else going on. Once he showed up. I mean, what a great reveal. I, I, <laughs> After the doctor tries to be Odin. Then he, <laughs> you, 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 he doesn't have a yo-yo. <laughs> He's not Odin. He doesn't have a yo-yo. <laughs> you, you want a great entrance for Doctor Who. How great is this? I am the god Odin. And then the skies light up and the heavens open and the Monty Python Odin says, No, I am Odin. And it's like, this is the greatest entrance in Doctor Who history. Look at this guy. It could have been Brian Blessed. I, mean, I, I thought it was a little trite. but yeah. No, it was, it was a Monty Python joke. That was... It, it looked like God and Holy Grail. I mean, it was right there. So then, you, so we get this. I, that was just fantastic. We get a fun bit with uh, Clara, which I, I Clara's being the companion in the last couple of episodes, which is great. This is this is it. This is this is what I want from my companion. I want them to come up when things are when things are tough and the chips are down. I want her to be or him to be able to go up to the doctor and say, "Do what you do, man. Just go fix it." Find a way to make this work. I'll check in on you later. Okay. <laughs> That's just a good element. I like yes. I also, I also really like the aspect of the doctor has such faith in Clara and his companion that she fixed it. We're yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> and she tried. And she comes back. <laughs> and she almost did. Oh, she, was, yeah. she would have. She, she would was have right if, there on track. If, uh, it would have been a 15-minute episode. Yeah, if a shielder hadn't uh, piped up, it would have been over. So, you know, there's that. So then we get all of the fun. This has got, really got the tone of uh, Robots of Sherwood. Robot of Sherwood. In the first half. Of but it. I, think it, I think it is way better done than Robot I think, of Sherwood. Oh, agreed. Yeah. agreed. I, I think the story is better, and I think the... Maybe not pacing, but the... Because you're right, the, it's, it's got elements of that. This is, this is where they were trying to hit with Robot of Sherwood, but they yeah. didn't quite get there. I would agree with that. And this, this was the way to have done it. So we get this... Uh, I just, there's not enough good in this to talk about. Look at all the great here. So we you haven't showed me any great yet. Oh, it's all been great. Sure. sure. <laughs> so we Keep we get going. all of the fun new who jokes in this. We get talking baby. We get nicknames for everybody that you know. You're oh, and, and, and talking baby used to a dramatic fashion that we haven't had before. Which I that's really what I really liked about it. Is it, it wasn't a throwaway joke. Yeah. It was more of a relevance to the plot, and I liked that. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it, it took the, the he speaks baby serious, yeah. and that was cool. And and what a and the moment when it stops crying when he decides 
He's staying. And Claire picks up on it. And, yeah. Oh, you're staying. And, you know, the baby stopped crying. And off she goes. <laughs> it's just like, this, yes, this is so great. Um, the I, I love the... The, the, the montage training scene, which, of course, every onslaught in the village, we're going to get this montage training scene. And usually it's a little more heroic. <laughs> Even in an Army of Darkness-style film where you're taking farmers and going to make them... You get this moment. And we set the village on fire. Which... Let me let me uh, let me uh, deviate just a bit because in the trailer it showed them like with the swords like hitting each other and doing kind of pratfall type comic uh, shtick. I didn't see that in the episode. I didn't did either. I, I, think that that I wonder if they got cut. I bet it did because they cut from the whole him telling them what they were going to do to the village being on fire and the two guys passed out. And I thought that was cool. I liked how they that cut was a that great together. Edit. And it was great that Clara fills us as a viewer in on what happened. I loved that. But I thought it was weird that they cut that scene that we saw. I saw several times in the trailer to this. Didn't so I, miss it. Was kind I think they did it for the comedy. Yeah. Yeah. No, didn't miss it. Didn't need it. It was it obviously the doctor's worked, reaction to it all. It obviously <laughs> worked better as a we're going to give you a tease of what's going to happen by using the clip, but making it even better storytelling yeah. by not letting yeah. you see what happened. So we get that. And then we get the big revelation in the eels. And it's like, okay, how is this going to work? All right. That was a nice aha moment. And, okay. and, and we, we get a, we get a three amigos moment. <laughs> we, 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 what can your village do? We can sew. All right. Yeah. Well, we, what do you, what have you got? We've got eels. Okay. This is it. Perfect. <laughs> I'm not with you, Doc, but I can't wait to see how you're going to turn this around. So the guy comes down, and he's got the army. And I love the robots. The design of the robots. Not, they're not robots. That was the cool thing is they looked like yeah. robots. And yeah. I almost thought, hey, these are a little deri- derivative of the like the Solomon robots uh, from Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. Oh, sure. kind of the big sure. blocky. Yeah. Sarah they're thought still they cool. might be like Jadoon. I thought they were more like the ones in Robots, Robot of Sherwood. I thought they were more like that type of robot. Eh, the but then, were a lot well, bigger. that's just it. Not, not not the look, but just in the style and 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 the the brooding and the the uh, foreboding and the stomping. Okay, and, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Very they reminded me of uh, something from Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, a little bit. The new, yeah, the, new, the newer movie. Um, yeah, the Sam Rockwell film. Yeah, uh, I, I can't think of the what they are. It's, I don't know why it's not the, important. I can't stop my brain the from Vogons. trying. Vogon. The Vogon, thank you. Vogon, excuse me. Um, those. Put an R in yeah. there, like Daleks. Darlek. <laughs> um, so we, we get, we get a cool robots, but they're not robots. Then they, we, First of all, we electrocuted them with the eels, which is cool. But no, then we went even better. We actually built an electron magnet. <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> Sucked their helmets off. This is like Doc Brown spending six weeks in the past building a refrigerator to get yeah. one cube of ice. Yeah. The doctor's cobbled this thing together, and he built an electron magnet out of eels. Score. This is this is. Well, awesome. I love how he telegraphed that they had to get a helmet. Yeah, we need one yeah. of the helmets. We need a helmet. How are we going to do it? Eels. So we get the helmet, and there's an actual thing in there. That was what I was like. Oh, and it was a cool thing. It was it was yet another design triumph for the alien uh, making team. That this oh, yeah. you know it was we just a cool. We haven't had an L- uh, anthropomorphized alien yeah. this entire yeah. Yeah. series. Don't, don't don't jinx this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know we're getting some sort of cat thing coming yeah. up soon. So, or tiger or cougar lion or, or lion or whatever it is. So that's a Cheetah. check mark in the awesome box. <laughs> Something in the feline family. <laughs> and then show them the story. So she puts the helmet on. 
And a dragon. The dragon should have breathed fire. That's kind of my one complaint to the big serpent thing coming up in the room. Well, but it was, it was a giant eel. Sea serpent. No, yeah, okay. no it was an eel. Was it an eel? Was I thought so. <laughs> it looked <laughs> like a giant eel. It looked like the sea serpent from the wall in under the lake. Oh, it totally <laughs> did. Yeah, and that you say that, it does. It does kind of the, the, like I mean, the Or face, I thought it would be a tieback. Maybe, I don't know. The face of the mural yeah, had, yeah, had right, shades yeah. of yeah, it right. and oh. uh, Well, and Fisher they were, they were on a big schooner ship, too, in that, which would have been which similar to Viking the longboat. Yeah. 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 That actually works with my theory. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's even better than I thought. <laughs> okay. So, and we, we, we do this... And we fool him. And it's a very simple... I did not catch that. We just you. rewatched the other two because Holly and Mason hadn't seen them. So we watched those on Saturday and then we watched <laughs> this one tonight. Probably because you'd seen clips of this of it before in the trailers. Huh? The the, the thing that comes to the, the serpents or whatever that yeah. comes to the... It's in the trailers. So yeah, it wasn't but I had to, I'm surprised I didn't connect the and, two because yeah. I'd watched them so recently. Just in proximity. The, yeah. The, well, I, I didn't, you know, but... So... It's just, I like that you noticed that. That's cool. Yeah. It's just great. It's top to bottom great. Probably means nothing. And Who then. Who knows? Depression Who knows? sets in. Because Maisie Williams is dead. <laughs> I don't know what her character name is. A shielder. She's got stuck in the helmet. And the doctor has this look. Like maybe he expected it. Yeah, yeah. I kind of got that impression tore too. tore me up. That it's it's not the happy ending. It's not the. I mean, well, not that it was a happy ending. We lost half the village already. But but they 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 start to sell it that way. But then he walks off and he has the conversation about you know why do I always lose? And so I kind of got the impression that it, it wasn't his intention. That he thought this was going to be the one time that he did do everything. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. No. No. I I don't think he, that was a great. Speech. I don't think he planned it. Speech. Yeah. But. He wasn't surprised by it. And it just, oh, my heart went out for him there. I, I think part but it was of, more that he wasn't the, surprised by it because of the fact that he's used to losing in all yeah, these battles. Yeah, that's what I was just yeah. about to say. And then he gets the, 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 the great tie-in, which you didn't join us for Friday Night Who, so you missed my grand opus he, statement. He, he called it. Called it. At the end of the tweeting. We were watching, we were watching Fires of Pompeii for Friday Night Who. We called this a long time ago, that this would be the episode with the review. No, 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 no. No, I know why. I called why. You called why. I mean, I called it a day early, but I called it. Okay. And I said, I think that's it. I think that's the reason, watching this episode and watching Donna... Oh, you the, the the reason that he could break the rules. That was the well. The, the reason, the that reason he has why he chose that that face. face. Right. Who frowned me this face? Why? Well, it's like I'm trying to tell myself something. I figured it out Friday night after we watched Fires of Pompeii when Donna's pleading with David Tennant, just save one person, just save somebody, just do something. And he goes back and saves the family. And I said, that's it. That's the rem- that's what. It, that's why he chose that. It's a reminder to him. That every once in a while well, he can break the rules. Not, it's not necessarily breaking the rules. Well, he's breaking but it's, the it's rules. a reminder to him to keep Donna's spirit alive. Or not spirit, but her, her message of just save somebody. Oh, okay, okay. Just, it doesn't matter how bleak it is. It doesn't matter how impossible it is. Just save somebody. Gotcha. And that's the, the, the visual reminder. That's what I took from it. And then he says, I figured it out. And I could, and he started to kind of go up into this Time Lord Victorious moment, and I was like, "Dude, don't, 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 don't get, <laughs> don't, don't go all, don't, don't, get, don't yeah. go all ten, with, don't, ten on us, please. don't get too high here." 
But then he charges off, and I'm kind of like you. I'm expecting it. Well, we've got oh, and a brilliant piece of let's not just take the TARDIS out of play <laughs> and the Sonic. Yeah, which let's, is, let's put it two days away. Yeah, on a longboat away on a longboat long journey. Um, and breaking the sunglasses, which I, I had Chrissy's reaction as well. I was like, wow, half of fandom just went nuts with excitement. <laughs> Everybody else was going, hmm, that was quick. <laughs> But uh, there was a number of people that went, "Oh, I like the songs, <laughs> the glasses." But this is this is one of those things that we've always talked about: is that we, we we've got to get rid of the TARDIS and we've got to you know to, to handicap him a little bit and have him kind of brought down to a manageable level where he has to solve a problem without sure. the godlike gifts. And they did that right off the bat. We're taking away the Sonic, although they kind of still worked, but it was more. Plot element wise, well, and then, it was still very yeah. early on because it was what got her out of the chains, and then it was what uh, convinced, well, was going to convince the Odin guy to go away in the first place because she, they had the technology, right? But then, but again, that, that's that's more of a plot point than a look at me, I have my my magic wand, right? Then, right? Oh, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. But that's I, what I'm saying is, then that was it. We didn't see the sign. I don't get why on. Clara felt the need in the middle of that bit. That she had to be free of the chains. She's being, she's being the doctor still. That, I think that was her moment of the doctor's realizing that she's, she's going too far. She's trying. She's uh, even, even when they have the comment about her saying, "Well, you're my hobby," it's it. She's going further than any other companion. That in, going out of the doctor's comfort zone. That was yeah. another. I think that was another moment to tell us that Clara's really going further than any companion's ever gone. That she's going beyond. She's she's looking for that adventure. She's addicted to that, and mm-hmm. so she, now she's doing the sol- problem solving, which I thought was surprising when she comes back and the doctor goes, "Oh, she fixed it. <laughs> you know, <I> like, oh, <laughs> it actually worked." You know, but um, so I was surprised that he was a little almost joyous of that. Because, well, and he runs over and gives her the thumbs up, yeah. not a hugger. Ah, come uh, here, you know. And, he like, her up and, I, and I like the fact that. That he's still prickly, but he's softened his stance mm-hmm. so much, sure. even to the point where oh, they have yeah. the heart to heart. And he's kind of explaining to her about this is what immortality is like: is that one day you're you're going to leave, mm-hmm. and you know I'll yeah, run away yeah. again. I really liked that. Yeah, yeah. I just it was top to bottom. I thought this was just an exceptionally well written show by people who get Doctor Who, and we kind of said that with the last Jamie Matheson that it just even though he's never done it before, it just well, felt especially like Orient. Yeah. yeah, it just felt like he knew what to do with it. And whether you include Moffat's tinkering, if you want to look at his tinkering or structuring, that he had certain elements that he said, okay, uh, you know, maybe Jamie Math. I don't know how this came about, but maybe Jamie Matheson said, hey, I've got this story, I want to do Vikings. And Moffat said, fantastic, go write it, but you've got to do this, 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 and this. And it feels and like what happened. Yeah. You know, okay, fantastic. It still doesn't matter. It, just, it, it doesn't matter no, that no, both no. it's well written from top to bottom by people who get the show and get these characters. And so that just upped the level of enjoyment as well. So then we get the, he comes back and he puts the, the, the med pack on her and, and, and fixes her and he gets that, that victory. Yay. But it's, you can tell he's not, you know, He's, he's, it's, it's, it's a hollow victory. Yeah. Right? It's a pirate yeah. victory because he knows what he's done to he's her. He's still a little, little uneasy about it. Yes. Yeah. And the, the, the talk about uh, tidal waves, I think, is so apt because where I see the potential for what's happening, which I, we got just a, a little hint of, um, with um, the Highwaymen uh-huh. in the next uh-huh. episode, which is obviously it's, it's Maisie Williams. 
Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, but highwaymen in the Victorian England or whatever period that is, far removed from Viking. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So this yeah. is going to be four, six hundred years later. Yes, yes. And she's still a little girl. So well, it's I, not I get the just impression. the fact that she's immortal. It's the I get fact the, that yeah. she's like that, yeah. that vampire chick. In, uh, yeah. Uh, I get the impression that this was oh, yeah. this would have been uh, uh, Norse times prior to them invading England. Yeah. Yeah. So he knows what potentially he set her up for. And... The, the, the ramifications of that, that he's he's created someone that is not just going to be, you know, she may be immortal, like for reals. Right, right. Not just regenerative, not just this, but forever. And then it hit me. Now, this is where I don't know how spoilerish this could be. But went back to the prophecy from Magician. Right. Well, because they, they gave us that little bit. That of, obviously was and the very obvious time where they say pro- hybrid when he says hybrid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like okay, you drop the one. So I went back and uh, I have to pull this up. See, I, I, I think the hybrid line was a misdirection in this episode. I See, I so. don't think so. I think this. I think the misdirection was mine when I was talking about how in the uh, which is familiar, where I was thinking that okay. perhaps that. Uh, uh, Clara got the regenerative uh, abilities that that was about, that was endowed on the Daleks. That she got some of that. That she was the hybrid, and she's the answer to the prophecy. But I, I, I don't think that's the case now. I think that that episode set up the hybrid idea. This was the payoff. That oh, here's the hybrid. I don't yeah. think it's a yeah. Right I here. think it's too early in the season to get the payoff. We're halfway through, nearly. Well. Next week will be halfway. Yeah. Next week will be. That's what I say. I don't think it was too early at all. I think this is. I think this is it. Especially if this is the long game, which yeah. is it, something Moffat's oh, you know yeah. very much kept yep. alive yeah. from yes. the Russell T Davies era. That we didn't necessarily know Bad Wolf was going to be a thing until the Doctor said Bad Wolf. Why do we keep running into Bad right, Wolf? And we all, right. well, suddenly we all went, Oh my God! Yeah, we keep running into this. Um, you know, then we started looking for it, but yep, you yep. know, it, we, this this is the this is the hybrid season. Yeah. So this is where we're, we're apparently going with this. Um, and I still can't find the actual quote, but the, the closest I can come is a, a synopsis of which is familiar. Davros starts telling the Doctor about a prophecy on Gallifrey about a hybrid right. that Davros believes to be half Dalek and half Time Lord, and asks if the Doctor has been running from his part in that. Right. Yeah. And I went, hmm. 20 minutes later, where did he put that patch? <laughs> oh, yeah, on her forehead. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know, right? I think this is the start of that. Yeah, that's good. I like that. And I do like I, that. I, yeah. I wonder. That's a, that's a good, yeah. I wonder if the other one, for her to give to whom she chooses, maybe isn't going to wind up being a young Davros. Because they're about the same age. Mm. And it would explain why he's been able to survive just about everything that's been thrown at him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That, that might be a bit of a stretch. But it does it, fit it, in it, with other elements that I think we're kind of... It, it I think we're going to see the Daleks again this season. It works really in the do. sense... Oh, I, I definitely think we'll see the Daleks again this season. It works in the sense that we did set the season up with Davros. It just... That, seemed, that, that seems to me a little too far unlikely that it'll be him. But... but that might play out. I'll I'll pat you on the back if that's the case. But so again, a lot of 
like the episode in and of itself, it's great. I agree with you. It feels like a standalone. It feels like it doesn't really have much carryover in the way. It doesn't have that cliffhanger. But I think this is the one that's given us the quiet, whereas we started with that thunderclap in the season with Davros. This is the one that's kind of the rolling thunder aftershock I'll that's coming you, out. I'll give you that. And I, I think yeah. the potential I think, for where this I think this everything ends you're saying is spot on, but I don't think it made it a great episode. I think it had wonderfully great moments. But overall, and it was, it was decent the, building the episode blocks. was a vehicle for the moments. And so that's why I don't think it was a great episode. Maybe I'm higher on it because of, and as I said last week, the, the, the trailer for this one was kind of like, eh. Yeah. And I was excited. You went, in, I, you went into expecting last so, so So maybe that was it. Maybe it was because my expectations were set here and we got something this that I'm elevating it up here. I'm willing to admit that that's a possibility. But I, I think just, it's also because you got the... Got it right about why he chose. Oh, that even pass. that. I mean, I I didn't I didn't dance around, vindicated. but <laughs> <laughs> there may have been a little internal fist pump. But it was <laughs> Easter Saturday. It <laughs> it was still just a matter of yeah, cool. Now it doesn't explain um, Frobisher, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think they were going to explain Frobisher. No. I knew they would tie in calculus. That was who that was. Uh, yeah, I think I, I, I don't didn't think it was think calculus. It was something like that. Okay. It wasn't calculus, it was. no. <laughs> which is what I want to call it. I thought it, it was calculus, but uh, yeah, if 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 they, oh wait, calculus is the one that invented math. What? Yeah, that's I, why I, I am crossbreeding. The, I am crossbreeding the name. Really, really Calcius? Cal, maybe that's it. Because it's rock, right? He's the marble merchant. It started Calcius with would make sense. It He'd started have with hands. a C. Um, really, it, does, it does start with a C. I had it here. Uh. Calcius. 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 Yeah. If I'm pronouncing that correctly. Really, really, really hard to watch Fires of Pompeii now without just completely seeing the 12th Doctor is trolling the 10th. <laughs> it's very difficult because yeah. all of the lines. Well, that now it shouldn't be. Because it shouldn't they've be. Yeah. Explained they, they, they've, they've explained <laughs> yeah. it away so it shouldn't fit. But his performance all. is just. But just watching him, you know, even the fact that he buys the TARDIS, it's almost like a. <laughs> <laughs> Just, was it Maxius? Was the character that uh, the Sixth Doctor that? Uh, uh, oh, that Colin played. Colin played. Was it Maxius? Is that his name? Uh, it was Max something. Yeah. Maxius or Maximus? Maxius. Maximus. Anyway, I saw a tweet that after this came out that so I wonder what message the Sixth Doctor <laughs> was trying to leave for himself by taking Maxius's Maxwell. <laughs> Maxil, that's it, Maxil. I, I, I'm trying to make it a Roman name again. <laughs> Maxil's uh, face. What message was he telling himself there? <laughs> be, be, a, be, a, be a strong guy. Be, a, be firm. Be brash. Be brash. Didn't Romana, be didn't Romana have some sort of more underlying reason as to we why she took former um, cast members. I completely forgot about Romana. Yeah. Did, didn't she have a, a statement as to why she used Princess... Uh, I can't remember her name, but the, the, the gal from... Uh, Astra. 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 Uh, Princess Astra's face. She had a... She liked it. Was that simply what she said? I think that was pretty much it. You can't go around wearing that body. Why not? It's in use. We'll never see her again. <laughs> I think they went uh, later to try to retcon why in Big Finish. Just looking at quick look at the wiki. Oh, really? 
Yeah. For, good, for Romana. For Romana, yeah. Maybe that's where I got it from. That could be. She liked it. <laughs> it would be kind of cool to have the doctor walk up to somebody and go, I like your face. I'll have to file that one away. <laughs> <laughs> Might come back to that. And just have them go, what? <laughs> just, and we're all going, ah! Well, he files away the uh, desktops in the uh, TARDIS. Uh, actually, the TARDIS files away yeah, the desktops. I don't, I don't, I don't think he does. Obviously, he can revisit faces. Revisiting a few of the old favorites. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I am completely willing to admit that maybe I'm reading way too much into this because oh, of the initial explanation. I like your postulation as up until the Davros thing, but, I, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Hybrid. I liked this episode. I liked it a lot, and I think I, I, I liked. I think one of the things I really liked about it is, unlike Robot of Sherwood, which I'm going to pick on just a little bit, which came when it did, which I think we all felt was maybe a little too early in the season for that break in tension. That we because we, um, we got deep breath, which was heavy, into the Dalek, and then we got into the Dalek, which was heavy, heavy, but then we got. Robot of Sherwood, which yeah. was a, a much lighter in tone. And then we got Listen, which was really heavy. So maybe they felt like they needed to put it there, but it, it just felt a little too early. Yeah, this, this, yeah. Story this was placed for, for well. For, and, it, and I did like the aspect that it was a bit of a breather in the, yeah. in the middle of the series. But, so. but then it still went to the darker aspects of it and got yeah. heavier near the end. It did, it, at which, the which end. I liked. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which balances, because Robot of Sherwood has some of those things, but not in such great depth, where. It almost feels out of place in in the scope of the entire season. Now I'm gonna and get this a, one doesn't. Maybe it's just that the the season in general is riding such a high that it's and not again not that season eight was bad, but it just feels like they're doing it so much better. Oh, this season? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I, I, I'm Consistently, gonna, I'm gonna get a little pedantic here, and the only reason is because I just learned this week that Vikings. I don't remember where I learned this, but I just learned this week that Vikings didn't actually have horns on their helmets. What? They didn't. That was something that was created in the. It's an American thing, and I think it was. Yeah, I think it. Start, <laughs> I think it started in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and it might even have been around. So maybe the time it was that a, opera a space was becoming. For a cow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was becoming a, an operatic thing, and they were using it in opera and things like that. But it was it was romanticized. And they, they was, it was that was added on to make them more warlike or, or animalistic, but that they've never ever been able to in any of the Norse history show that they ever had any sort of like even the wings that you see on Thor and Odin's helmets. They no, no one ever had, no Vikings hmm. ever had anything. They had those peaked metal helmets that you see that are typical, and there was a few of them that just had that, but none of them actually in history had horns on their helmets. So I just learned that this week, and then I watched this episode, and I went, now that's going to bother me, because now it makes it less historically accurate. Maybe the costume department was sitting there gluing horns on, going, damn Americans. <laughs> People are going to complain if there aren't these horns on here. You know, you, no, it's not accurate. And, and, and so we went, wait, now we've got to put the horns on. You know that's, that's now not, the... <laughs> that's not historically accurate. I know. I know. <laughs> We're going to get calls if they're not there. Don't worry. We left half of them without horns. <laughs> It's a compromise. Oh, it's a compromise. But I did. I saw maybe the that's first the guy shows up with the horns. The, horns out. <laughs> the first guy shows up with the horns, and I thought, oh man, 
why did if I hadn't heard that this week, it wouldn't bother me. So there you go. Now, may, now maybe everybody else will have that <laughs> in the back of their head. Oh, that's not accurate. I don't know. We're going to take a historical tidbit from the guy that I, doesn't know about the seventh. I don't know where age. I heard that. It seemed like I heard it on the radio, which is odd. But was it a John Tesh? Knowledge for your life. That moment. would have been the only thing that I could think of. I'd have been listening because when I take the kids to school, that's what's on. Actually, when I'm coming home from dropping Mason off, that's what's on. Did you know Viking helmets, no horns? <laughs> anyway, or it's, it could have been. It seems like a John Tesh thing. It could have been. <laughs> could have been on. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Now I think about because I listened to that too on the podcast on that. That's an NPR show. That makes more sense that it would come from something from NPR. But anyway. Hope I didn't ruin that for anybody. Goes back and watches it and go, oh, they have horns. No, no, that's so ingrained now that well, and, I keep oh, yeah. that horns. I thought it was well directed. Did you know that the director of this? I don't know his name. Maybe Keith still has him to be pulled up where he could pull it up. Early. Um, the lead singer, or no, lead guitarist of the Vapors. I don't know who the Vapors are. Turning Japanese. Oh, the lead guitarist from that group. Is the guy that directed this episode. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's cool. And I thought it was really well directed. I loved that opening shot so. of the village. No, don't go there. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, I was just thinking of something that Caitlin had said that I, I had wished had happened too. But yesterday we watched, because we Ed were Basil catching. Get? Yeah, that guy. We were catching up uh, Holly and Mason. So we watched the two parter, the Under the Lake Before the Flood, yesterday. So that because Caitlin and I have both seen it, yeah, uh, yeah, I, uh, we had issues with Holly, but she she already has issues with the reality of time travel, even though it's not real. She uh, has a problem with cause and effect, and she always has. So then, when you introduce an episode that has the bootstrap paradox in it, <laughs> and she goes, "You know, that's why time travel doesn't work." Um, I told her, I said, "You're going to have a bunch of questions after this episode, and I'm not even going to answer because I already know where you're at on time travel. So you're just going to have to come down on Back to the Future. Except this one, and she doesn't think that much about Back to the Future because it's just a fun comedy to her. This is Doctor Who, so it's a little more serious science to her. <laughs> anyway, right. so so anyway, so we we watched those two episodes yesterday, and Caitlin had made made the mention it's just I really like Capaldi playing the a guitar on the opening theme, and she says it just needs to be that way from now I, on. I wish she said because that's so much the twelfth doctor's character now that that needs to be his theme song, and they need to include it and so as soon as it started, she goes. Because oh. <laughs> it was absent. I yeah. honestly forgot to check for it. it I was didn't even think about yeah, it until we I, sat I down at the table too. and went, "Oh, I wonder if anybody noticed." If we hadn't just watched it yesterday, we probably would have not forgotten. We would not remembered it. But Caitlin was very distraught I, that they I, had. I remember. They had taken I was the, disappointed. They had taken the. Well, now now it's not now. a good episode. <laughs> I, I retract everything. Uh, the whole I rest said of the it. season should have been that theme. Oh yeah. Oh well. Rest of his run. Jumping back to director. A reason why it feels they like probably the doctor's can't meditation. Pay him for the music. <laughs> so he'd get a credit for that at that point. That's wouldn't probably he? true. Uh, he directed the doctor's meditation too, which is why tonally it kind of feels similar to. Me. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I, the, the opening shot where they pan down and the guys on the horn and it just it was like, when did the dragon show up? It looks like How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and again, an amazing job of making this village. 
I, I was reminded a little bit of uh, uh, Kinda. Is it Kinda or Snake Dance where they're on the planet and we've got really just the one street in the bazaar? Kinda, yeah. It, it felt a lot like that where I know it's one street in the bazaar. You know it's one street in the bazaar. We all know this. Oh, yeah. But it looks very well put together like yeah. it's a big, you know, Moss Eisley style hubbubbing place mm-hmm. as opposed to one corridor of tents. <laughs> and I just, I, I thought. <laughs> The, the, the visual trickery, I thought, was in uh, in good effect yeah. this week. Of course, now we have the money to build an entire village. But, <laughs> but we didn't. We, we, no, we, we didn't, didn't to, because but... we have to pay for the non-robot things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Space suits. Yeah. And those looked practical. Those looked like they were not, you know. Oh. Another thing we didn't talk about was the open of this. I the thought the open, open? With the cold open was really neat. Yeah. It was it was very different. It was it was one of those moments where we jump right into the action of something that's already happening. We have a really good Doctor Clara moment where the Doctor's being very. I don't even know what to say. It's almost uncaring, but he's not because he's he's he, he he's doing this. He's in juggling seems, mode. It seems very chaotic, but when he finally. Brings her in and materializes and gets it out and throws it on. It's like all of that was calculated. It's something like it was like complete chaos until that moment, and you realize (laughs) it was all part of the plan. It was like that was so neat. It was so cool how they did pull that off, and they had just solved another problem somewhere else that was happening. And I liked that. It was cool. (laughs) And the only reason they got stuck there was they went out to wipe his shoe. <laughs> to wipe whatever that worm was off his shoe, and then the Vikings come with us. The, the dismay on his face, too. Oh, Vikings! No, I don't have it in me today. <laughs> Which brings up a whole new host well, of questions, and, and like why the, putting the glasses on? You know why we're not going with you? Because and he puts the glasses on. <laughs> he takes the glasses, off, snaps them in half, and he goes, "We're going with the Vikings." <laughs> All right, the more I talk about it, the more I enjoy this one. It's just a that's the other thing that we It's one of those things on recall. I, I think of all the great moments and yeah. the some of the moments makes it a good episode. Um something else that we've gotten more of, I think, in twelve zero are those kind of not necessarily cold opens specifically, but the joining an adventure already in progress, or at least the the, the knowledge that there are other adventures going on. I mean well, we've got that a little bit with Matt's run yeah. as well, but just the fact that we're really calling to the fact that We've had really, yeah, a whole. Well, a even whole in range Robots of Sherwood, we had that montage of of adventures that had happened too, because they when they're isn't when they're no, locked that, up. That was talking uh, about, uh, that was the caretaker. I thought when they were locked up in the thing, yeah, they they're, they're chained they to the pillar. Yeah, chained. there wasn't a montage, but oh, I thought they showed us. Oh clips. no, 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 no! Am I, I thinking? I'm of thinking caretaker? of a different because they were in chains in uh, Robots too. When yeah. I'm thinking of the scene specifically, she's all tanned. Oh, that was caretaker. It was yeah. caretaker. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they were talking about things in robot. You're right. The you're doctor right. and Claire are chained to that but, pillar on that desert planet. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's yeah. That's what I'm okay. crossing that's, that's over. You're, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, okay. But but the, that what I like about as as you do what I like about the fact that that's doing is it doesn't bottle this season, the two seasons up into one narrative. It gives a lot. It of gives room a lot room. of of. In fact, the doctor and Clara's growth is accepted because I mean they were so prickly. There at the very beginning, it was a rough start to the relationship. That by doing it in the way that they're doing it, really establishes a very long-term Clara and Twelve 
stint that's happened yeah. here, and it really it makes it more plausible or believable that they're very in sync now with each other. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah, agreed. I wonder if there's um, <laughs> how, how much impact do you think Big Finish had on this? Do you think there was a phone call and they said, "Steve, yo, need a favor when you're plotting out the season." Can you leave us some holes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the book people call them up and say that too. Yeah, just, yeah. just so that we just so that we don't have to do. Well, because it's BBC 52 books, audios. I have more of an inclination to think that it's not Big Finish doing that. It's the book writers going, yeah. "Hey, can we have a little wiggle room here?" But Big Finish, obviously, eventually down the road, will benefit from that. So. I'm just assuming that somebody somewhere, maybe it yeah. is the book people. I think because that's, a couple that's of stories actually here. licensed through BBC. I think that's probably more. Well, of a, and I just saw, or that's more directly involved with the BBC. Right. Where I mean, they, Big Finish does have a license, but they're not beholden to anything. Yeah. Whereas the books probably are a little more so because they, well, especially because they're doing current. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I, I and just the comic saw, run, and it came out back in the, September, maybe August that. There's going to be a book coming out in December telling What's-Her-Face's story, Aria, uh, Maisie Williams' story. <laughs> a shielder. It's a shielder. an easy a shielder. name. I don't know why you guys can't remember that now. A shielder. Her story between the two episodes. Oh, Between this neat. week and next week. That'll be neat. Yeah. As long as it's not a story of Martha, we'll be okay. <laughs> well, Sometimes. I didn't look to see who was writing it, so I don't know. Sometimes you get uh, you know a fun thing. Sometimes you get uh, sorry, story mark. How, how is her name spelled? A S H L D E R. A shielder. I think I even went a shielder again. It's a shielder. There's no I. A S H I L D E R. A shielder. Just curious. I'm checking something real quick. What's coming up on the schedule, Sean? Coming up next week on the schedule, Friday Night Who, the 23rd of October, is Tom Baker and Louise Jameson in the face of evil, and uh, which hopefully will pair up well uh, with uh, the following week's episode, The Woman Who Lived, pairing up with this one, which I hope goes well for me. Not so much for you guys. <laughs> uh, and then um, we will also be sharing our thoughts on the uh, newest and just released, it releases, uh, I believe it's this week. Uh, on Friday. On Friday. The 23rd. Uh, Candy Jar Books publication. You bet what I did, what I did last week. <laughs> yeah, I did. I said 25th last week. Lethbridge Stewart, Beast of Fang Rock by Andy Frank and Malum. And uh, so we're, uh, this will be a spoiler-free review of that um, so that you still have a chance to go out and, uh, and, and read it. And thanks to the author and publisher, we will have a couple of copies of that book to give away on the show. Yay! So thank you, Andy, for that. And uh, if you want a book, you got to listen. So uh, definitely join us for that. The following week, we did have a change in the programming. Originally, we were going to do Day of the Doctor for Friday Night Who, um, but we decided we were going to, you know, well, Glenn decided it's Halloween. We should do something Halloween-y. And we said, oh, all right. <laughs> we got to throw him a bone every now and then. So uh, we're going to do Blink and Listen, which don't have anything to do with each other other than they're both kind of scary. So we thought, yeah, that's appropriate. Uh, and then the following show that week will be the Zygon Invasion. In, yeah, Zygon Invasion. invasion. Yeah. I'm still getting used to these titles, Invasion and Inversion. But the uh, rest of the schedule will be posted at least up through the end of Season 9, which I have not 
still still tinkering, still trying to pin down my thoughts on what's going to fit best with that finale. And I have a couple of ideas, but <laughs> I want to get a little bit closer before I nail it down. So you'll see the revised uh, schedule up on the website. And speaking of websites... Please uh, go to our website, www.travelingthevortex.com, and there you'll find lots of links to things that you can purchase from Amazon.com, from Entertainment Earth, from Audible, and, uh, of course, more most importantly, um, become a Patreon subscriber because uh, every little bit of uh, help you can give us as being a subscriber goes right back into this podcast so that we can continue to bring you these excellent episodes week to week. And thank you for coming and listening to us and downloading us week to week and sticking with us through all 251 episodes and <laughs> shows. All right. So is there anything else we need to talk about before we close this one? If that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.